0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: Well, I said it on the internet, and I will say it again. If you guessed a hundred times who our secret guest is on today's podcast, you would not get it. You wouldn't get it. You'll find out in about two minutes. It's Friday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris. This is a HoopBall presentation, hoop Go get the premium membership now. Use coupon code DOCDOC. D-O-C, get 3 dollars 5 off the membership. That's the full season of premium articles, premium tools, Dynasty 8-Cat, 9-Cat, projections, schedule grids, streaming charts, among so many other marvelous, marvelous things. Rankings. Of course you got rankings. Got to have projections and rankings in there. And all the live shows you can handle. You can interact with the HoopBall pros every day. That's the premium membership. Go to HoopBall, hoop uh, com. Click on the premium tab. It's right there. I am Dan Bespris. This is, uh, boy, we got to the end of the week. At Dan Vesperus on Twitter. And it's brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company as well. But I want to leap right into some good stuff today, and so we'll just pull back the curtain, I guess. Reveal our mystery guest. 100 times, right? Keep thinking over there. Keep thinking. Maybe I should have said it a 1,000. Doesn't matter. Uh, again, at DanBestPers on Twitter. Hey, you know what? Actually, before we even pull back the curtain on the guest, uh, thank you to those of you that have written in already as per the requests Or the clarion call or whatever you want to call it on the previous episodes of this show. We are continuing to recruit and certainly more heavily here on the podcast side. And a few of you have reached out already. You can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Vesperus if you'd like to get involved in our podcast marketing and so forth division. Again, we are looking for contributors. Uh, These are not this. This is, you know, it's a it's not nothing. You know, you're going to be putting time into this project, but it is an unpaid contributor role. So it's a few things, basically, a week. So hit me up if you're interested in that. Uh, Another note, if you are a salesperson, that one uh, obviously has much quicker and much more significant revenue attached to it. Hit me up for that as well. If you don't have Twitter, you can send an email to support at hoop-ball.com. Support at hoop-ball.com. That, again, is if you want to get involved with us here. It doesn't matter what you do. We probably have something you can do with it. So bug me. Really, please bug me. I teased on yesterday's show that I had a guest coming for this Friday edition that if you made a hundred tries, you would not have guessed it. It is an old buddy of mine. We've been sort of in the same realm for like the last 30 years, and we just keep crossing paths. Uh, the great Amir Blumenfeld of Jake and Amir of HeadGum. How are you, my man? It's been forever.
0: Yeah, I'm very good. How are
1: you? Um, Tired, baseline, sleepy baseline i mean that's the best way i can think to describe it just like dad tired uh yeah. i'm just regular dude tired uh, yeah that's that's a. I miss regular dude tired uh <laughs> <laughs> so amir of course is the creator of head gum a podcast network you also run buckets your basketball podcast on head gum what's the uh, what's the latest on buckets you have some pretty sweet guests on that show
0: yeah, it's mostly, like, comedy friends of mine that love talking about basketball, but less X's and O's and more just fun stories. Uh, who's the latest? Latest is a buddy of mine, Carl Tart, who's a writer, improviser, actor, comedian type, who grew up in L.A., but as a Clippers fan. So I asked him how that exactly happened, because I didn't know any Clippers fans growing up.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you the answer to that, but I think I'm just going to say, if you want to know the answer, go listen to Buckets. Um easiest place to find all these shows headgum.com or elsewhere
0: yeah headgum.com or, or you know wherever you listen to podcasts
1: beautiful uh amir of course is on twitter at jake and amir jake and amir it's all one word j a k e a n d a m i r uh i wanted to talk to you about the, the lakers cuz like you just said you growing up i mean we were it's all lakers stuff around here uh and in our twitter convers or our uh, our email conversation i just i can't stop bringing up how confused my emotions are about dwight howard actually working this time around what's been your take on the team so far uh
0: i was pro dwight when we signed him because the alternatives were like joe kim noah and some other sad players so i was always into dwight i had no idea he'd be this good though
1: I, i mean didn't you you didn't have any fear of him turning back into whatever he was the the do whatever makes him the happiest iteration of dwight
0: No, because I knew he wasn't going to start. So like he had to, at the worst, play 12 bad minutes a game. And if that (laughs) happened, then we would just, you know, play another backup center of ours.
1: Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, I guess I won't linger on it for too long. It's just this. Did you have the, the sour taste in your mouth when he left the first time? That one, for some reason, really bugged me.
0: Uh, yes, it bugged me, but that was also seven years ago, and we've been so bad for so long. I've, that sour taste is long gone.
1: <laughs> You're good. You're better at letting go of grudges than I am. So uh, uh, LeBron AD, initial thoughts on how that's all working out?
0: I just hope they stay healthy because they seem to be unstoppable when on
1: the court together. You don't think that has anything to do with Avery Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> I did think so until the Bulls game. And then, he, you know, Bradley not being there. Uh, um, So... I I guess that if if, as opposed to doing like a hot take type of thing, how do you think this season goes? What are your feelings on on the arc for the Lakers? And then we can broaden out and talk a little bit about just general NBA storylines.
0: Yeah, I hope we get good enough that we can start doing a little load managing ourselves. Like right now, all these wins are so important that I can't imagine LeBron or AD taking a night off. But. I hope we get to a point where we're like maybe like 13 and 3, 14 and 2, where LeBron can start taking off like games at Memphis on the second night of a back to back so we can get some rest as well as home court advantage in the playoffs.
1: Doesn't it look like he's playing far more defense this year? Like maybe last season really was just him kind of taking a year off.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, like a player in his 16th season last year. He was not going to give 110% energy if they're five games out of the playoff race. and <laughs> There's no need to bust his ass um, just to try to get into the playoff hunt. Um, but when playing well and when winning, the fact that he can still perform as he's done is, I guess, unprecedented to say the least.
1: Who is your third and fourth favorite players on the Lakers right now?
0: um favorite players i would say kuz and danny green okay danny
1: green i i wanted i added the fourth because as i was saying it i thought well kuz is going to be number three that one's a, a dead giveaway Um uh, other things happening in the nba that i want your opinion on um carl anthony towns joel Embiid. are people just going after cat because jimmy butler kind of exposed him for being i don't know whatever it is that people want I, he doesn't want to be called soft anymore Butler called him soft. There was a whole Instagram thing afterwards. What's that all about? Yeah, I think both of those players are kind of soft. They just, you know, they're, they're <laughs> funny
0: dudes. They troll each other online. Cat's like a gamer.
1: Anything to make of it going forward?
0: No, I mean, these guys don't play each other more than twice a year. We've already seen one. I think the second game is not till March. So
1: I, I have a feeling everyone will forget by the time that comes around. Yeah, you're almost definitely right. Uh, What about the fantasy side? Are you big into fantasy NBA?
0: You know, I tried fantasy last year for the first time in a while.
1: Oh, boy. And
0: I couldn't get into it, like, caring so much about, like, free throw percentage battles (laughs) between my team and the opponent's team. Um, But I did get into FanDuel, daily fantasy, and it was kind of a revelation for me. Like, it was such a fun way to make every night a little bit more exciting, and the fact that you can choose a new team every night was awesome.
1: You still doing it this year? Yeah,
0: um less so now than like at the height of last year, but it's ramping up.
1: Hmm. All right. Have you had uh any significant victories to speak of?
0: No, I play like within uh like a group of friends, so like it's five of us every night. It's I'm not like entering <laughs> these like 8,000 people pots where you have to like literally choose the best two players at every single positions to make some real money.
1: Yeah, I don't I can't um I'm not very good at the DFS stuff. We have a guy on our staff over here that continually is trying to get me into it. And I'm, I'm unable to make the leap. I just, there's, there's so much that goes into it that you have to carve out a significant amount of time. And that's, um, not something I have a whole lot of these days. And it doesn't sound like, I guess you have a child. Yeah. I mean, there's that thing. (laughs) There's that creature that's involved. It doesn't sound like you have a whole lot of time right now either. I mean, you got so many things going on. Um, I mean, it, it obviously the, the HeadGum is the the easiest thing for folks to find immediately. But what else are you working on these days? Um, podcasting for
0: one, and then trying to you know like develop TV shows and movie stuff. But that stuff moves so slowly that I'm you know spending most of my days growing not only our podcast but HeadGum in general is our podcast network.
1: Am I? And I'll. I'll edit this out if I'm totally misremembering. But did you at one point have a website of obscure jerseys in public? That is correct. Uh,
0: from like 2005 to 20, maybe 2010, uh, <laughs> I ran straightcashhomie.net.
1: It doesn't it exist a, anymore?
0: A blog
1: of obscure jerseys found in public. <laughs> I remember that. Well, that was when I was running a sports betting blog. That's the, only, that's the only reason I remember it. That was amazing. It doesn't exist anymore?
0: No, I feel like we were ahead of its time. It would make a good Instagram account.
1: Yeah, it would have made a, a, a tremendous Instagram account. You got to resurrect straight dot net. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to do with my day. Yeah, let's just walk the streets looking for... Uh, I don't even know. What w- I don't even know what would, what would be the thing you're looking for right now. In any event... Um, Last last topic I want to hit on here, and that's sort of what to look for going forward as this NBA season develops. Uh, who do you think's coming out of the West? How does how does the playoff stuff go? Let's do some predictions here. Um, what are the finals going to look like? What are the Western Eastern Conference finals going to look like? And uh, what's exciting you about the seasons going so far?
0: Uh, I'm excited to see how these hot starts um, pan out like are the Suns for real? Are they, are they going to make the playoffs? Um, I'm going to say no. What do you think? It doesn't seem like an aberration. Uh, a friend of mine's like, you know, bad teams sometimes play good, but bad teams never play great for seven games in a row. Like the Suns are a top three NBA team right now, but nobody cares because it's the Phoenix Suns.
1: <laughs> Is <laughs> Ricky Rubio feels like one of the best signings of the offseason right now?
0: I don't know if it's him or the coach or just Devin Booker playing out of his mind, but they're all playing very hard, and they're beating good teams.
1: Yeah, and Aaron Baines is way better than people realized.
0: They'll have a good check tonight against Miami at home. Um, both of the teams are 5-2. and two. Both teams are like hot starting teams that people are curious if they're for real or not.
1: Yep, Phoenix actually favored in that game by a point, which is kind of amazing that the Suns are favored over the Heat in early November of this basketball season. That's kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, the Suns, um, the Suns should be favored against the Warriors at this point, which, when was the last time that happened?
1: Oh, the poor Franken-Warriors, man. That happened so fast.
0: Steph, yeah, it went, it went from sad to, like, ooh, fun underdog story in, like, three games.
1: <laughs> Even, like, three minutes almost. <laughs> yeah. so Steph is out. All right, we're just going to rest D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green, and let's see yeah. what the hell happens. Who's, who is Kai Bowman?
0: but I have a feeling D'Angelo's ankle soreness doesn't feel very real.
1: No, I I completely agree with you. Although with Draymond, one of my favorite memes that went around was that he shoots like he's wearing a backpack. Did you see that one? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's how he ended up with the sore back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, his finger. Oh, there's that too. He's got a finger thing also. All right. Well, whatever they want to call it these days Yeah. in any event. Um, Who's coming out of the West? What do you think?
0: Uh, hard not to bet on the Clippers because they're up there with everybody right now, and they still have a all-star coming. Yeah, that is a tough one to go
1: against. Uh, East, is it? Is it Philly? Is it Boston? Is it someone else?
0: Uh, it is. I give a 60-40 edge to Milwaukee over Philly just because of Giannis, but I could see either of those teams making it.
1: All right. Amir, can I steal you mid-season for an update on how everything's going?
0: Yeah, unless the Suns are um, out of the playoff race, Philly and Milwaukee suck, and then the Clippers are bad, and all my <laughs> predictions are wrong.
1: Well, that's all right. We'll do a re- we'll do a reset, a full reset <laughs> of predictions. I um, guess I'd be happy if I were wrong about the Clippers and they were terrible. Yeah, because I mean, you'd like to see the Lakers in the finals, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. My goal is that um, Paul George plays worse than.
1: Uh, Gilgis Alexander or Bellinari. <laughs> yeah, that's um. you can dream, I guess. They're playing great. They are. They really are. Shay's going to be an excellent ball player. Um, Amir Blumenfeld at Jake and Amir on Twitter headgum.com where you can find all of the HeadGum podcasts and check out Buckets Amir's basketball podcast as well. Thanks so much, my man. I'll get you in a couple months. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. The great Amir Bell. Did you guess it? Did anybody guess it? I doubt it. I really doubt it. It's funny, I didn't, we you know, we didn't get into a whole lot of it, but Amir and I have like we've been in the same circles for probably twenty years. Just growing up in Southern California. Not rival schools, because my school basically had no sports teams, but very close by. I went to the same college and uh We just, for whatever reason, hadn't really connected on a podcast yet. It just seemed like it was meant to be at this point. And so, thought it'd be fun to have him on here. You guys all probably know him from Jake and Amir. Uh, That was huge. College humor days. That was like 2005, 6, 7, that range. And then after that, uh, he's been all over the map. And now, he is here on Fantasy NBA Today. So, a big thank you once again to Amir. Uh, looking forward to getting him back on and doing the the recap. How did how did the predictions go? And then we'll dive a little bit deeper, um, and that'll be a lot of fun. So here's what's coming up on today's podcast. It's sort of the usual fare on Fridays. I really like what we've started to do uh, in terms of kind of how we're breaking this thing down. Friday's podcast now is a very quick review of Thursday without getting deep into the specifics on guys because that comes when we do our full. Weekend review portion of the proceedings. And then we're going to take a look ahead at the weekend, all three days, and what we're sort of watching for in every team's upcoming game. So not just Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, and that way to loop right around to reverse chronicle, chronological lightning round when we do that on Monday, and we review all of these games that we're looking ahead to. Obviously, we only have the betting lines for Friday, So uh, we can't go any farther than that on the sports betting side, but we'll get to that as well. Quickly here, I want to break down the Thursday results. I I mean, kind of knock those out of the way, so to speak. There are only four games. Thursdays are always a pretty short card. Boston at Charlotte. Uh, I thought that Gordon Hayward would have a bad game in following up his Gigantor game from the uh, previous timeout where he just hit every shot on the planet, but he actually came right back out and had another good one. Kid's unstoppable. Unexpected twist here for Gordon Hayward. Um, If you got him, which hopefully you did because he was a a member of the D-Bombs, a proud member of the D-Bombs, Gordon Hayward, then you are cooking. He's playing his butt off right now. 20 points, 10 boards, 6 assists, a steal, and a 3-pointer. And the best part of all of it, and you guys know how much I love percentages. Oh, I do. I salivate over them. They will carry you, ladies and gentlemen. Your percentages will carry you. If you have a team where no one on your team is just a massive drag in either of those two, you can pile up a 12 team lead, you can pile up the easiest 20 points by just being good in both. That's all it takes. Be good in both. It's so easy really. So yeah. So Gordon Hayward now, by the way, is, is somehow sitting inside the top 30. I don't know if that's going to hold all season long. I doubt he shoots 56 and percent all year. Uh, and he's not, you know, he's never been a big time steals or blocks guy, but he's putting it together, man. And he looks like he fits. He looks healthy. It's uh it's pretty sweet. So that was a great, That was a great one. Uh, Kemba Walker had a very weird return to Charlotte. Boston blew out the Hornets anyway because the Hornets are not very good. Ta-da. I've got an eye on Daniel Tice. He only played 20 minutes in this ballgame. Time Lord only played 13, so it was sort of a weird mixed bag. I don't know. Was Tice going to come in and play down the stretch? Maybe, maybe not. But he's blocking a ton of shots, and he's the starter. And so he sort of got the first crack at it. I have to believe Ennis Cantor takes that job when he comes back, but his return has been a little bit of a nebulous thing. So if you want to ride that for a little bit, I'm sort of okay with it. Devontae Graham just continues to roll along. Terry Rozier had a terrible revenge game against his team as well. Sometimes it goes one way, sometimes it goes the other. Uh, P.J. Washington had five blocks. That was weird. Miles Bridges played well. Uh, Cody Zeller, only 19 minutes. He's all over the map these days. We had high hopes for him after that strong start, but uh, he has cooled off considerably. I mean, as we said right from the outset, there was always a chance he was going to just se- kind of settle back into what he always has been. There was a hope, I hoped, certainly, that he had turned a, a little bit of a corner, but it looks like it's uh, kind of the same old thing. So he's going to be a late-round plotting center. If you want to drop that and go look for something else, that's fine with it, but you know, understand that there will be some good ones mixed in. And you take what you get. Gallo played well. Nerlens Noel actually played well in this game, which was sort of a, a weird twist. Even Adams started, played only 27 minutes. If Nerlens is getting 20 minutes, the whole ball game changes. I don't. I'm not going to buy it just from one, but it's absolutely something to keep an eye on. Chris Paul continues to make strides in his uh, pickup after a pretty slow start. Uh, Dennis Schroder had most of the assists in this ball game, and he's been okay, although his percentages have been tough. Shea was good, but the name that's popping up, and it's also on my... I'm going to go ahead and just put him straight on the pickup list, is Hamadou Diallo, who just is... I've said it before, as sort of like... And I am a very old man. You guys know that about me. I I do not hide it. Um, Watching this kid play basketball makes me tired. He is going so hard all the time. He's playing huge minutes. There wasn't anyone in particular obvious that he had to sort of push out of the way. You know, Terrence Ferguson's minutes are decreasing. Darius Bazley's minutes were never all that much. He probably got a two or three minutes at the expense of Dennis Schroeder in a slightly larger lineup, if you're going to talk about Diallo. Uh, but mostly it's just other kind of fringy guys that are moving towards the back seat. He played 32 minutes, second most on the team, just to Shea. Excuse me, He was tied with Gallo at 32 minutes, second on the team behind Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, and if he's getting 32 minutes, his game absolutely translates. He will get steals and blocks from the guard position. He will generally rebound pretty well from the guard position, only two in this ball game. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, the Thunder only had 31 rebounds in the entire contest. They got vastly beat up on the boards, and that was the difference in the ballgame. Uh, I think he's a guy that should get on your team. And there are plenty of guys that you could dump right now because, uh, you know, a guy like a Myers Leonard who's not panning out. uh, He's going to be on my drop list because Miami just has too many freaking bodies floating around. So this is a guy that I think you go out and you snatch him up and you take whatever your dead weight is and throw Diallo on your team See how he performs. Don't immediately dump him into your lineup. That is a recipe for disaster. But if it sticks, he also has a certain level of staying power, which a lot of guys don't have, and that's kind of a cool little side bonus here. It's going to depend a little bit on you know what you need on your team. He's probably not going to score a ton of points. His field goal percent should be pretty good because a lot of it's coming at the rim. His field goal percent is jury's out. You know, he's 61% for his career, but he really hasn't taken many. So will that move at all? I don't know. Regardless, you have to take a shot here because the minutes are trending way up. He's interesting. He's super young. He's hyper-athletic. Find a spot for him on your fantasy team. Just figure it out. Whatever it's going to take, figure it the bleep out. I'm, looking, I'm literally looking at it while I'm recording this podcast. That's, to me, how important this particular move is. Big minutes means opportunity. So find the guy, make the switch. I only mentioned that. I mean, I was trying to go through this stuff pretty quick, but it didn't happen. Uh, Bryn Forbes was in foul trouble. Actually, a really nice ball game. anyway. LaMarcus Aldridge. Old man LaMarcus wakes up at long last with a huge one. DeJounte Murray's been great. His minutes are a little bit higher. Derek White's minutes continue to trend down. I still say he's a drop. He remains 53% owned. I don't think you need him. I think Rudy Gay's a drop also. I think Bryn Forbes, DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, and LaMarcus Aldridge are the only spurs that you need to worry about right now. Miami and Phila—excuse uh, me—in Phoenix, Miami came in hot after getting thumped in Denver, and they just took it to the Suns right from the outset. Jimmy Butler was fantastic. He looks great with his new team. Bam Adebayo continues to miss free throws, which is a massive buzzkill in what was otherwise a stellar, stellar line. And in this one, when you're like, all right, well, which of the other guys got in the mix? It was Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero, who played well, which left Kendrick Nunn with a relatively empty line for the night. Myers Leonard got shoved out by Kelly Olynyk and James Johnson moving in for minutes at the power forward slash center spot where Bam played 35. And I think that pushes all of those guys outside the realm of ownership. Duncan Robinson played 27 minutes, but uh, you're not buying into that one. Phoenix side, it's sort of the same usual guys in this one. Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Aaron Baines, Kelly Oubre Jr. They all looked good. Dario Saric is sitting right on the edge. I'm actually fine with the drop there. For someone who has a more interesting fantasy game, we were sort of watching Mikael Bridges, and he got 20 minutes again with five and seven, but no steals. He's getting closer, but I don't think that you need to get on him just yet. The other stuff we were watching for that Portland Clippers game, uh, Kawhi Leonard really didn't look very good in this ball game. I mean, he always finds a way to get some stuff in his fantasy line. Uh, Ivica Zubac had one of his like quick lightning games interspersed with two or three where he does nothing. Here's the thing. You guys can yell at me when I say he's not that great. He is not that great. He really isn't. He's fine. He's a backup center. Every once in a while he's going to have these big games that pushes Montrez Harrell aside a little bit. But it's not going to be as often as you want it to be. So it leaves you in kind of a tough spot. How do you? How do you decide when you can deploy him? Right now, he is... Basically, Cody Zeller, you know, he's sitting just outside the top 100. This game will probably push him just inside the top 100, and then he'll have a clunker and he'll fall right back outside of it again. I mean, he's all over the map, and such is the case when you only play 17 minutes a game. It's really hard to be consistent when you're not getting any playing time. So you can, I mean, you can call me a hater if you want. It doesn't really work that way. I want guys that are on the floor, and he isn't a lot of the time. Nothing else really to note on that Clippers' side. Uh, Portland side, C.J. McCollum finally woke up. He's having a really bad season so far. Uh, Rodney Hood was in foul trouble. I do still think he is worth having on your fantasy team. I mean, he would have played a crap ton of minutes if he didn't pick up a bunch of fouls. Kent Bazemore was also in foul trouble in this game. So you got kind of a weird set of lineups. And despite all of that, Mario Izzonia still did nothing. So I'm, I am feel pretty good about my recommendation to not, pick him up there just was never any room for him not as long as Whiteside was playing the only chance he had was when they had no other big men and it was like all right mario you got to go get eight rebounds or we're done we're roasted if you don't get some boards right now and they've got one big man and that's enough to keep mario azonia from doing anything at all listeners please check out manscaped.com our partners at Manscaped.com, the premier website for items for male specialty grooming. Manscaped.com, accidents while manscaping are finally a thing of the past. Get their high-quality stuff. Don't get that cheap garbage at the checkout line. Go check out the Lawnmower 2.0 with proprietary skin-safe technology to eliminate snags and nicks and cuts and all that god-awful stuff. It doesn't even matter where you're shaving. That is a huge pain in the butt. Um, 6,000 strokes a minute, super high. 2,000 more than the previous model. Battery holds 60 minutes on the charge. It's waterproof. They've got scents. They've got powders. They've got oils. They've got blades. They've got everything you could need. And I don't know. I mean, I assume you could use this stuff on other parts of you if you really wanted to. It's just a good trimmer. I mean, that's at the end of the day. Like, there's a whole shtick here. But at the end of the day, it's just a really good trimmer. So go to Manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. Remember, there's an Ed D on the end there. Manscaped.com. Use promo code HoopBall. Get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. That's a nice extra bonus. 20% off and free shipping with promo code HoopBall at Manscaped.com. And know that they're working with a great society. We mentioned this, the Testicular Cancer Society, raising awareness about the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35. Good product, good people. Hoopball is the promo code, 20% off and free shipping. Next thing on the docket, stories from a week gone by. I have gone through... Every single team in the NBA, and I have once again, just like the last two Fridays, broken down the pickups, the drops, the holds, meaning basically the guys that I think are probably owned, probably on fantasy teams. I'm not necessarily going precisely by the Yahoo ownership numbers, but what I think should have been on a team, whether we suggested it or most people drafted it or people did it against our suggestions, either way, it's people that I think are probably on a team and belong on the bench probably but you're still hanging on because you know that things are going to get turned around for them at some point or you have that strong sensation and then the watch list guys which is sort of like the flip side of the holds guys that are also in that same department but probably on the waiver wire and maybe a little bit less proven than the hold guys I don't think we need to go through these lists all that slowly, I think I'll stop on a couple of people that perhaps deserve a little bit more of our attention. But this is a list now that let's see if I can get this thing out. That's seven in one category. Oh, actually, seven again in the next one. So that's 14. Uh, I mean, this is going to be like 40 names at a quick glance. So let's just get rolling on it. Here are your pickups that have occurred over the course of this week with some intermittent caveats the first one and i mentioned his name uh, a little bit here as we were going through the thursday night box scores is hamadou diallo i call him a pickup and you know this is not a situation where you're going to drop somebody that has proven you know done it before done it for years kind of value but let's say you're sitting on someone like myers leonard who we grabbed and thought hey what if he runs away with his starting job he's not Diallo played 32 minutes off the bench, as we mentioned. And they came at the expense of people that really don't necessarily deserve to have a ton of minutes. He just outplayed them. He had a three-pointer. He got steals. I'd love to see more rebounding than he had in yesterday's ballgame, but those are there. I mean, with his energy level, rebounds are going to come. Defensive stats are going to come. He's all over the place. He reminds me a lot, actually, of Derrick Jones Jr. in that he's just flying around. But I do think that Diallo has a little bit more strength, which maybe gives him a clearer path to minutes and perhaps a slightly higher ceiling. So he's on my pickup list. As with all of these guys, it you know it depends on who the guy is at the end of your bench. Um, guys from earlier in the week, Eric Pascal, you guys have already picked him up. He was someone we talked about a few times on the show. Um, I can't believe I put P.J. Tucker and Daniel House back on this list again, because we Drafted PJ Tucker and had Daniel House as a pickup after two games this year. But some people are still saying, What should I do with these guys? Tucker is number 31 in Nine Cat. House is number 45. This is through eight games, guys. It's still a pretty damn limited sample size, but eight games is 10% of the season. If you get 10% of your season at a top 50 or top 31 clip from somebody, it doesn't matter Eve, if they peter out at some point down the line. This has already been worth it. And just ride it, man. They're better when those two guys are on the floor. The Rockets are. So I don't, I, I don't know why we keep having to talk about these guys. They're on your team. They belong on your team. They've been awesome. They are nine-cat studs. They obviously take a big hit in eight-cat because Tucker has one-and-a-half turnovers a game, and Daniel House has .8 turnovers per game. By the way, P.J. Tucker, yeah, he's coming down off that high mountain. He's shooting 55%. That won't stick. Daniel House at 48%. I don't know if that's going to actually come down all that much. His shots, he gets threes. He's hitting almost three a ball game. Uh, But that's not the only shots he takes. He actually gets some pretty clean looks right at the rim, and he's more athletic than Tucker. Tomas Sadaransky is back on the needs-to-be-on-your-team list. And I know we sort of bailed out on him a little bit because it looked like that point guard situation in Chicago was a mess. He probably should have been a guy that just hovered at the very end of your bench and stayed on your team. But if he was dropped, go get him. He definitely was because his ownership dropped from like 75 to 40 over that first week and a half of the season. But as we mentioned, three games ago, I was watching a Bulls game and I thought, boy... This guy looks like he's actually starting to settle in a little bit. He's starting to run the break a tad. That was a big deal. When he started to say, you know what, I'm not going to just pass this to Zach Levine. I'm not just going to give it away to the first guy on the team that asks for it. We are better when I am running things. That was three games back. And then two games back... He looked good again, and I thought, "Boy, this is—he's real close." And then he put it all together in that most recent one. So when the assists started trending up, that was sort of our indicator that he was settling in. And not surprisingly, they're two and two over their last four games after going whatever it was, one and four the previous five. Does this mean they're turning it around? No, some of it is the competition, but they beat Detroit. They lost to the Lakers in there, in a game that they led for most of it, actually. But things were real ugly before that. They lost to Cleveland. They lost to New York. They they beat Memphis. They lost to Charlotte. And he wasn't involved, really. But he's in there, man. Uh, He wasn't dropped in any of my competitive leagues, but I'm certain he was in many. So he should be back on your team now as well. Jabari Parker. uh, He's the clear winner as we've seen now from the John Collins suspension. And, and again, we're reviewing things we talked about earlier in the week on the podcast. But if for some wild reason he's not on a team in your league, go get him. His ownership is up 39% over the last three days. That's a that's a big leap. But he's going to have to play a ton of minutes. Um, his fantasy game is a little bit rough around the edges. He's a bad foul shooter. He doesn't hit many three-pointers. He doesn't get many defensive stats. And his turnovers are actually pretty high. For a guy who gets almost no assists per ball game, So there are going to be some drags on his value. You know, even while he's playing well now, he's just right around the top 80. But top 80 is a guy you should have on your team. And he hasn't hit the missing a bunch of free throws part of the proceedings yet. But he will. So be wary. It's not a whopper upside kind of play. But he's definitely somebody that should be on your fantasy team. Dylan Brooks, and I'll admit, I was a little bit late to the party on this one. He was showing signs before he had that big explosion game, and I kept writing it off as, you know, guy scores a few extra points on okay free throw numbers but didn't do much else. And then he went nutso in their 137-point game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So there's a few things at play here. Number one, that's probably the best game he's going to have all year or among his top two. 31 points on five three-pointers. It is a pretty beefy number to try to hit. right? I mean, he he might get up into that realm. Made all eight of his free throws. Shot 56% from the floor. Nine out of 16. Um, No steals, no blocks. Four boards, two assists. So he's not rebounding very much. He's not assisting all that much. But it sort of doesn't matter. When you're a high-volume guy, you can kind of get around that. Precisely because he doesn't turn the ball over that much either. So it's not like there's a big detractor with Dylan Brooks. His percentages have been fine. 44% from the field is not great, but it's not going to kill you. Uh, 94% at the free throw line, which you know won't hold because people don't shoot 94% for a year. He's a 76%er for his career. And a lot of that is this season. and <laughs> That's seven games this year. Has actually pulled his career free throw percent up by two already. That's how little he actually shot free throws prior to this season. So again, like Jabari Parker, be forewarned that there's a bottom that could kind of fall out with this one, but they're playing him, and with Memphis, you kind of just like, all right, well, who the hell's going to be on the floor? And it looks like they want his scoring out there. So uh, he should be on fantasy teams as well. Another guy that's only 30% owned in Yahoo leagues across the board, but completely 100% on teams in my leagues, I can no longer go based on what I'm doing. I really have to try to balance that against what the numbers say. How much is this guy rostered? Oh, way less than what I'm dealing with. What a weird universe I've entered. This is the new life, I guess. Once you're on the analyst side of the window and you start filling up your leagues with hyper competitive people, they're going to play a little different. And the final name on the list is, I think, a surprise one that you guys probably would have thought I I would have put on the watch list, and that's Jordan Clarkson, who is also owned in 100% of my leagues, but only 34% on Yahoo overall. He's just kind of quietly grabbed the shooting guard job. I don't know if his game has evolved or what. I can tell you a few things that are not going to hold. 0.6 blocks per game, not going to hold. 15 points per game, probably will high volume good free throw number. He's not going to stay at 93%, but he could still hit a bunch of free throws. He did that last year too. The rebounds are always going to be low. The assists are always going to be in the 2 to 3 range. Low turnovers is good. That I don't maybe that will actually hold down. I don't know. They have a better group of guys around him. They're playing him, more, you know, Kevin Love is playing. Little things like that make a pretty big difference when you actually have somebody on your team that can draw some defense to them. It opens things up a little bit. steals per game, I could see that holding, especially if his minutes stay up closer to 25, 26 instead of the 18, 19 he had at the beginning of the year. So Jordan Clarkson, quietly here, has actually been decent. I don't know that he holds on to 9-cat value. He's always been less of a category guy and more of a points league guy. But here we are, and so as long as he's doing it, you might as well take advantage of it. I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the pickups because I thought those were the most interesting ones. Here are the drops for the last week. Mario Hazonia, who we basically said on the pod no, not basically. I did say on the podcast, I'm not picking him up. Hassan Whiteside coming back will kill him. And sure enough, it has. He's not doing enough. He's like the fifth option on that team. He should have never been on your basketball team. Myers Leonard is a drop. We tried. We failed. Uh, Kelly Olenek is starting to get his legs back underneath him, and they're going to go to the hot hand thing like they always do in Miami. So it was a pipe dream even while it lasted, uh, and now it's gone. Derek White is a drop. I I know that this is the one that's going to draw the most ire from all of you guys because we all know, myself included, what a great fantasy player he could be if he got any minutes at all. But they are trending the wrong direction because DeJounte Murray is better. They want shooting at the shooting guard spot, which Derek White, very high field goal percentage guy, but that's because a lot of his looks come from inside the three-point line. They want spacing because DeMar DeRozan doesn't space the floor and LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't space the floor and whatever else they put out there doesn't space the floor. Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills are those guys on this team. When they shipped off Davis Bretons thinking they were getting Marcus Morris, that really blew up their strategy to have any kind of available space on the floor. So Derek White's the guy who gets aced out. It sucks. I agree with you. As you're listening to this show, you're thinking, come on, you damn Spurs, just play the freaking kid. He's good. Yeah, he is, but his minutes are trending down. As Murray's minutes cap moves up, White plays less. 19, 20 minutes the last two games. Not enough. I said it was a drop a week ago. Bailed out then. Hopefully you didn't. Got somebody interesting on your team instead. Uh, Dario Saric, I think, is actually on my drop list now. I know he's, he's, like, dangling right near the edge at number 125. I just don't see how he... I mean, this is with DeAndre Ayton out. If he can't snag any of those center minutes away from Aaron Baines, I don't see how there's any way he gets them when Ayton's back. He's fighting off Frank Kaminsky. He's fighting off going small ball style. He's playing plenty of minutes, but his usage is crazy low. He is very much a specialist in that he has center eligibility he doesn't block any shots he gets you steals and three-pointers instead so if you need that there is a little weird pocket of room on your team for dario one would hope that his 39 percent field goal percent comes up although i don't know that that can be promised he's 43 percent for his career he could just have a down season if he's only taking shots from outside Although, that's sort of been his profile in his career. But he's been very... He has not been aggressive at all. He's averaging about half as many free throws per minute as he has throughout his career. His rebounding has been fine. Normal. Assist normal. Steals way up. So what happens if those fall off a cliff? Then he really becomes useless. So you can give him another game or two if you want. I mean, you can can put him on your bench. I'm okay with that. I just think he's probably going to end up on the wire. This is when I threw in the next guy just because... I don't know. He wasn't on my, any of my nine category radars or eight category radars later. Any category league, the only place he was on any radars was points leagues. And that's Rui Hachimura. Now, I'll admit there is a a very reasonable assumption that he'll do more as the season goes along. You know, Scott Brooks talking about how he only played 20 minutes, basically each of the last two ball games. And saying, look, like the minutes are not just given because you're a a prized rookie. You gotta you gotta earn them. You gotta play harder. You gotta make things happen, even when the shot's not falling. He has some cold games. He cools off a little bit. They take him out of the ball game. It's gonna be a bumpy road. His fantasy stat set is hot garbage. No threes, no steals, no blocks. It's just points and some rebounds. That is very easy to find floating around on the wire. But if you want to sit on him. There's a very reasonable guess here, hypothesis, that he does more as we get to January, than more in February, more, etc. So, you know, it's more of an investment than anything else, and I don't have time for that. Uh, Goga Batadze is running out of time. You can ride him a little bit longer. Miles Turner is officially day-to-day as of Friday, so that is, uh, again, the clock is about to expire. And then Markel Fultz, who I keep telling you guys, there was no point in just sitting on him, to see what happens, because again, as long as Orlando is just, well, right now, they're losing no matter who's the starting point guard, because they can't score at all, Uh, who cares? You know, he's, he had played fewer minutes than DJ Augustine in the last ballgame. He gets a lot of steals, that looks like it's going to hold in terms of fantasy profile, but he's not scoring, he doesn't shoot the three, he doesn't block shots, his turnovers are on the way up, because now he's in the starting lineup, There's just not a whole lot to like about his fantasy game yet. Yet, dot, 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 yet is the key operative word here. If all of a sudden they just hand him the keys and say, go play 33 minutes, then yeah, obviously he becomes a guy you need to explore because volume will just sort of catch up to you in that amount of time. Right now, and it's weird that I'm clowning on him about it, right now he profiles more as kind of an old man fantasy game where he just needs to be on the floor long enough to slowly accrue stats. I'm out there for 27 minutes, I'll get four or five assists. But 23 minutes, then it'll be three to four, and that's a big difference. I'm out there for 25 minutes so I can get my one to two steals per game. He's not, maybe he gets more aggressive as the season goes on, but there are a lot of guys that have been in front of him in that pecking order in Orlando. I don't know how quickly they move out of the way. So that, again, is a long-term stash, and I, like I said before, don't really have time for it. I guess I've gotten into the explanations a little bit more than I intended to. Holds and watch lists are longer, so we'll move a little quicker on these bad boys. Rodney Hood is a hold. I think he's going to be fine. Down shooting games after he got hurt. Um, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Harrow are holds for me. Yes, they're running into some issues with available touches on that Miami team. uh, But those two guys are still above the line, at least in my eyes, whereas Goran Dragic is not. Cody Zeller. He's a question mark for me on hold. I think you could drop him, I think it'd be okay. I mean, I think he's going to settle into that late round spot where he always ends up. IT, I'm holding. He hasn't been as good in the starting lineup, but I do think overall we're seeing slow, methodical steps forward for him and they clearly want him to be a part of stuff this year. Otto Porter is an obvious hold. He was really starting to play better last couple of ball games before he got hurt. Even the one where he missed a bunch of shots, his other stuff was a little bit better. Marcus is barely hanging on as a hold. I don't care what you do with him, to be perfectly frank, but I think you're probably just keeping him around. JJJ is an obvious hold. I hope to the good lord that you guys knew that. Delon Wright is a hold. He's a 9-cat hold. 8-cat, you can probably punt him. Points leagues, you can probably punt him. But he does too many things across the board as a guy that, I mean, it, it's really weird to say, but sometimes the best 9-cat bench filler type guys, the dude's that are your ninth, your 8th, ninth, 10th starters, the best ones are the ones that just don't hurt you anywhere. They just sort of keep your averages where they are. Slowly adding statistics without punching you in the whatevers. That would have been the time to do the manscaped ad. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. still a hold for me. He played better in fewer minutes his last time. Now, maybe that'll be the key is just let him cut loose. Uh, And then... I, as I said, on, a, I think two days ago on the podcast, I've been too hard on on Denver a little bit because I haven't liked the way they've run their offense, but Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Paul Millsap are all holds for me, and their replacements are all drops. The watch list. Mikael Bridges starting to see a few more minutes per game. He's not there yet. Daniel Tice, just in case he holds the starting job even after Ennis Cantor comes back. This is watch list again. Uh, Troy Brown in Washington, he had one good game, but he's also a very low-usage guy, so it's hard to advocate a pickup. And then the other guy fighting for minutes on the wing in Washington is C.J. Miles. I don't—I can't believe that he's on this list here, but they've actually been playing him and letting him bombs away from three-point land, so one eye on him, I guess. Glenn Robinson the third and Kai Bowman are the two guys I'm watching on Golden State. Remember we already mentioned—oh, sorry, Alec Burks is on the watch list as well, even after his big ball game. Um, Pascal still the only one that's on the pickup list. How Neto for however long Ben Simmons is out? He's on my watch list right now. Uh, Deandre Hunter, Deandre Bembry and Kevin Herter are on the watch list for Atlanta. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Should he actually start to get things going a little bit in Sacktown? Avery Bradley is on my watch list. He's actually shot the ball really well and it could hold because he's wide open all the time. <laughs> it's a new way to exist when no one's guarding you ever. He's also getting steals, uh, and his minutes have been good. The question is, what happens when Rajon Rondo comes back? Is that at Avery Bradley's expense? Uh, and then Jamichael Green, who had a goose egg but grabbed 10 rebounds in that Clippers game yesterday. It's probably a little bit too crowded for the Clippers, for anybody to really get over the the threshold, but he is kind of similar to Dario Saric in that he's a center that shoots the three ball. He just does it with more rebounds and better percentage in general, better percentages in general, and then Dario uh he's the one that's gonna miss some more shots, but he'll probably get you, you know, a couple more steals, maybe something on that front. So they, they fall into that same like, you know, top 130 kind of bucket, which is useful if you're in a super competitive 12 teamer, but regular style, probably not all that necessary. Uh, folks, I put out a couple of clarion calls here. I'll do it again because you guys keep writing in and I love it. If you want to be a contributor at hoop ball, bug me about it. We are looking for Sales people and podcast and marketing people. The podcast marketing is sort of one big, mushy division that I'm basically in charge of over here, so you'd be working with me. Uh, but we're looking to expand. And, you know, the contributor jobs, as I've mentioned, if you're going to come in and you want to do some podcasting, this is not a paid position. So I want to put that out front. I think that I've said that, but I don't know if it's sinking in quite right. It's contributor. It's an opportunity really to sort of grow with us here at Ball. Um, but on the sales side, that's, um, obviously, that's a different pathway. That's a different pathway. I'm not going to get into the details on the podcast. But bug me, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter, or just search. for Dan. Search I can talk. For Dan from Hootball on Google, uh, my Twitter is probably the third or fourth thing down the list. And if you don't have social media, which I realize some of you do not, you can send an email to support at Hoop-Ball.com. Support at Hoop-Ball.com is the email address. It's not the word dash. It's just the hyphen. Support at Hoop-Ball.com. Come on. Join us down here. Uh, become a contributor. Grow with us at HoopBall and uh, really see how far we can go. Weekend preview. Let's dive into the weekend preview now. This is the where we get ourselves situated. What are we watching for throughout all three weeks? weekend days. Massive card coming up tonight. Friday's a big one. Memphis is in Orlando. Uh, Dylan Brooks obviously is on the watch list. You know, the false DJ Augustine stuff on the Orlando side. Um, Terrence Ross has been dealing with this knee thing. I don't think he's playing in this one, but should he somehow return? The question is, is he going to get closer to what he was? I'm betting that he comes back from the knee thing and his shot's looking a little bit better. Maybe a little more lift. Jonas Valanciunas minutes got up 27 last time. He should be playing in this one because they will have Nikola Vucevic to deal with. And then otherwise, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's just been a total disaster. Cleveland at Washington. You know, Jordan Clarkson is sort of on the list, but I love watching Washington right now to see what's happening there with Isaiah Thomas, with Troy Brown, uh, with Davis Bertans. They have so many interesting pieces that are are either close or over the line, uh, and I want to see how they get deployed, especially against a Cleveland team that's also not playing much defense. No Blake Griffin for Detroit, still no Derrick Rose, it sounds like. So this will still be, you know, the backup contingent in Orla- uh, Indiana. These two teams are just playing the crap out of each other so far. Uh, Pacers, Miles Turner, game time decision that would render uh, Goga time basically over. Sacramento and Atlanta, we're still watching to see if anybody can pick up the pieces for the Hawks with uh, John Collins down for the next month and a half to two months. The answer has not really been anyone so far. Again, Jabari Parker doing a little bit more, but we were hoping maybe a third guy would step up and do something. I would say watch this game. See if anybody looks like they're standing out to you. Bogdan Bogdanovich, I don't care about watching it live, but he has another good ball game Then maybe he gets on my radar. Golden State, we're watching all of the backups. Minnesota, not much there. Toronto, same deal. Pelicans, J.J. Redick is a game-time decision. Derek Favors is basically a game-time decision every night. Can these two guys get some run with this team? They're losing a lot of games, and this is a tough matchup and a rematch. Can't believe these two teams are knocking out their meetings already this year. Uh, I think New Orleans actually plays pretty well in this ball game. I don't know how they get there, but I think they play relatively well. And I am curious. I just I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that J.J. Redick spurned how many teams that desperately needed shooting. To go and play 21 minutes for a team that's going to win like 30% of their games this year, it doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. And when something doesn't add up, it usually means that something there's a shoe that's going to drop. We shall see. When that happens is anybody's guess. Knicks, Mavs, Mitchell Robinson in the concussion protocol, so likely more Julius Randle at center. More Marcus Morris shots. (laughs) More Bobby Portis, probably. But, I mean, come on. Do we care? Uh, For Dallas... There's been a whole lot of hullabaloo over DeLon Wright, but he's actually been totally fine in 9-cat so far. Dwight Powell looks really good. His last time out, clearing the 30-minute threshold. He's a must-start guy for me now. Philadelphia-Denver, that should be a good ball game in altitude. Nuggets, can they actually you know start to settle in a bit on offense? Nikola Jokic, he's going to get abused in this game with the way he's been moving so far this year. Joel Embiid is in much better shape. And I need to see Jokic play himself into shape. This could create even bigger buy-low opportunity on Jokic. Float some offers out there. I don't. I honestly don't know what it's going to take to get him from someone. It's hard because somebody spent a sixth pick on this dude, and you have to be willing to, to part with something pretty precious to get there. But don't offer the farm right at the outset. Work your way up to it. Uh, ben Simmons... We shall see again. Is Neto going to be the guy who does a little bit more? He's never been a super interesting cat. Milwaukee, Utah, not a whole lot to keep track of in this ballgame. We have a good read on these two teams now. Brooklyn at Portland. Uh, Portland is a team that's we're, we're still trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen now with Zach Collins out for basically the season. There has not been an obvious beneficiary yet, at least not someone that moves across the cut line. Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood each got into foul trouble in yesterday's game against the Clippers. So maybe this is one where we see them go small a little bit more. Maybe those guys see some extra time. Um, and then with Brooklyn, you know, limited. Miami in LA. This should be a fun one. Lakers are favored by eight. That's a big number. The Heat are good. Miami has also been in Los Angeles for a day and a half, but they're the Heat. You know, they live in South Beach. I don't think that you have to worry about the L.A. flu with the heat in town. This is a really big line, and it blows me away. I mean, my, my gut tells me go straight to Miami right out of the chute, but then you kind of have to stop and think about it. Like, why is the line as large? as? Are the Lakers really believed to be a five-point neutral site favorite over the heat? That's a big number. But luckily for us, we've got other angles we can play around with today. This is, of course, a double revenge game. For the Indiana Pacers, who've already lost twice to the Pistons this year. I don't like laying the seven and a half, but that's what it tells us to do, so we'll hop on it. Uh, New Orleans, this is a revenge game. They lost in overtime on opening night in Toronto. Another spot where I, I don't like that the fact they're only catching three points at home against a much better ball club, but it tells us, and we proceed I do like Miami, I will say. I'm I'm leaning ever so slightly in that direction, but uh, I don't think that I can quite go through with it. Um, so you got a couple of revenge games on the docket today. That's always fun to look at. And then the rest of the stuff is uh, interesting, if unspectacular. Folks, if you want to bet along with us, do it at mybookie.ag. Open your first account with promo code today, T-O-D-A-Y, and they'll match your deposit up to $1,000. Again, go to mybookie.ag and get it done. Saturday, as we look at some of the cards that don't have betting lines yet, Boston is in San Antonio. We're obviously always watching the Spurs and see if Derek White actually gets to play at all, but probably not. Uh, Pels and Hornets, I think, we again, you know, we're talking about teams we've looked at before. Mavs, Grizz, Rockets, Bulls. Uh, you guys know already what we're looking at with those teams. Uh, and then the Warriors and the Thunder finish out that Saturday card. And I think you're basically set at that point. Looking way down the line to Sunday, I think everybody playing on Sunday, we've either talked about playing on Thursday or over the weekend. Um, I think Phoenix is the only team that that doesn't go Friday or Saturday. So uh, pretty easy docket there. And then on Monday, we'll loop back around and we'll review everything. Pretty easy, right? Right. Anyway, those are your uh, early season revenge angles. I got to get my Excel spreadsheet going. I've been so damn busy, it's uh, been buried under it a little bit uh anyway hit me up again if you want to be a contributor here at Hoopball. we're always looking for good folks that can do all sorts of things whatever skills you got let me know maybe we can find a way to put that bad boy to use and please as always if you enjoyed our time with amir if you enjoy the podcast if you enjoy listening take that moment to rate and review the show we beg of you i'm on bended knee i'm on bended knee guys that's right i'm pulling out 90s R&B reference was that 90s that was early 90s right 93 I'm pulling out early 90s R&B references I am on bended knee take a moment to rate and review the pod or just subscribe to it if that's the that's even faster um this is big for us it's how we continue to grow it's how new people continue to find us and I will be forever in your debt thanks for listening everybody again give Amir a follow at Jake and Amir on Twitter uh, you can check out, he is hilarious, by the way. His Twitter feed is fantastic. Jokes, good stuff, um, observations, and then basketball. His podcast, again, is Buckets over at HeadGum.com. I am Dan vespers. This was Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great weekend, everyone. Back with Reverse Chronological Lightning Round on Monday morning. Oh, and your feedback is noted, by the way. Those of you saying, just post it as early as it's done, if I ever have a show done the night before and it happens intermittently probably maybe once to two times per week I'll make sure that bad boy drops in the middle of the night so you guys can all wake up to it but it won't be every show a lot of times like today I finish the podcast uh, in the morning pacific time so that's why it's getting posted uh, well in the later morning pacific time so again not going to be every show but some and now officially for real this time goodbye everyone